Hello there and welcome to Bringing Out Their Best, the podcast for teachers of dance, drama and music. My name is Sarah Marshall from Performing Arts PD. Each week I will bring you a snippet of research or an interview with another performing arts educator to energise and inspire you for your working week. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Darug people, the traditional custodians of the land on which I live and work. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. Since the discovery of mirror neurons in 2004, neuroscience has been fascinated by how they work. Essentially, as we currently understand them, mirror neurons work to activate parts of our brain. They see activated in someone else. For instance, when observing someone else performing a movement, the part of our brain that is used to produce that movement also lights up. With this in mind, do we need to demonstrate skills for our developing performing artists to learn effectively? Well, that's what this 2018 study of dancers set out to discover. Is a new dance sequence most effectively taught using verbal cues or through watching someone else do it? Learning dance movement requires a specific type of motor learning, requiring strong motor simulation processes as well as cognitive processes and strategies dependent on skill level. This type of motor learning is also required of musicians, particularly those with full body engagement, such as percussionists. Typically, a new dance movement is taught with a human demonstrator, supported by language, gesture and body language to give the student kinematic, artistic, expressive and spatiotemporal cues. Language has been found to positively assist motor learning by drawing the student's attention to the most relevant features of the movement and making these explicit. Such as, make sure that your arms are stretched out in direct opposition. Let the hands pull away from each other to the sides until you feel the pull in your shoulder blades. Or, don't just walk around the front, but imagine you are approaching a long-missed friend you've just spotted in the back of the audience. Again, I see multiple parallels in the music and drama domain. However, verbal cues also have the potential to interfere with motor learning by putting too much pressure on certain aspects and impeding the flow of movement. Conversely, visual instruction alone can impede the development of the student dancer's movement, ownership and expression. So this study took 18 students from the second year program at Paluka Hochschul für Tanz Dresden with a mean age of 18 years. Two dance phrases of 26 seconds each were choreographed and video recorded, including a verbal description of spatial and temporal cues, but using everyday language rather than dance-specific terms. The description went like this. Stand facing the left front diagonal of the room in parallel position. Feel the wind from the back that shifts your weight forward. Let your upper body respond. Allow your body to move back and take the impulse again to move forward, allowing your weight to transfer from your heels to your toes. Once again, shift back, this time falling onto your left leg and follow with another step back, long and grounded, ending up in a low lunge position, torso diagonal. Staying low, kick your right leg forward and your arms outwards to the sides as you twist your torso in opposition to the kick. Quickly bend your leg and arms into your centre with a half turn to the right. 
Let the weight of your arms and centre sink down on your left leg as your torso melts in a side bend to the left and your leg extends sideways in opposition. Shift your weight onto the extended leg while your left arm describes a horizontal surface in front of you, reaching your torso over to the right side and bringing your left foot to your knee. So, the dancers were put into two groups. Group A learnt phrase one initially with verbal description only, which was played five times consecutively. They could mark only as they listened. They were then allowed one practice run and then asked to perform the movement phrase while they were videoed. Up to three performances of the phrase were permitted and the best performance was decided by the participant and was assessed. After this, they were shown the video of the same phrase twice. Again, only allowed to mark. They were then allowed one practice run of the phrase, then permitted to record their performance of it up to three times with the dancer choosing the version they thought should be assessed. After a short break, the participant was then asked to learn phrase two, but this time they watched a video five times and were allowed to move as required. They then had one trial run, followed by the three video performances of which they chose their best to be assessed. This was followed by verbal instructions repeated twice whilst the dancer moved as they wished, then the trial run and three recordings. Now group B followed the same pattern but the two dance phrases were just swapped. Ten days later a retention test was carried out. All dancers were asked to perform both phrases again to see how much they remembered. They were not given any visual or verbal assistance nor had they been told they would be asked to do this. Freaky, huh? I'm dying to know what they found out. I hope you are too. So, irrespective of which group they were in, all dancers did better after visual and verbal instructions, which really just confirms that the way we do things now is right. Dancers need both. What was interesting, though, was that the video alone, when given first, delivered a strong dance performance at the time and a better retention test than the dance phrase that had been learned initially with verbal description. Whilst it was hypothesised that verbal first would foster individual movement interpretation, this wasn't the case. Instead, there seemed to be dependent on the dancer's personal creative process. And the dancers did not feel greater ownership of the phrase when they had been taught verbally rather than via video. Dancers generally preferred learning via video as they found it more familiar and the verbal description only added a layer of stress which could have impacted learning and retention. So dancers prefer observational learning rather than verbal, but both are necessary for accurate performance. Observational learning did not appear to limit individual expression and learning with words alone did not increase ownership of the material. So it appears we need to keep up our performance discipline so that we can continue to model to our students strong performance practice. Or if they are performing in disciplines we are not expert, finding visual aids that are could be super helpful to assist both learning and retention. I look forward to hearing your thoughts in the chat below. Finally, I'd like to share some exciting news with you. Our course, Managing Performance Anxiety for Student Wellbeing, has become accredited PD by NESA. So, if you're a performing arts teacher in New South Wales, looking for some accredited PD hours that are relevant to your performance space, take a look. My name is Sarah Marshall. Thanks for listening today. 
I hope you have a fantastic week bringing out their best.